And I ain't hit no drop in a minute. No, I'm about yeah. my business. Rabbit's Guy Podcast, episode 48. This is your host, Diggy Matro. Bales Pagliacci. And today we wanted to talk about Kanye's STEM player um, and the idea of finding innovative ways to, I guess, market your music and, uh, and release projects. Uh, it's not the same as it used to be. Obviously, streaming dollars are not plentiful, mm-hmm. and you need to find a way to uh, make money still in this industry. So how do you do that? Now, uh, maybe you have the craziest fashion sense, and you're able to get off merch. For someone like myself or Bills, we're not exactly fashionistas, never claimed to be, never acted like that. But mm-hmm. uh, you do have to find these creative ways to do that. And uh, the STEM player is a perfect example of something that's uh, super creative. Um, If you don't understand what it does, uh, he allows you to actually break down all the STEMs, which uh, for a new listener or someone who's not all the way in on on, uh, music production. Musically inclined. uh, STEMs are pretty much all the audio tracks that make up a song. So they're all separated. You'll have your drum track. You'll have your vocal track. You'll have your synth track, uh, et cetera. But Kanye's new STEM player... Um, He's going to be releasing albums exclusively through there. And it's a $200 product. And I'm sure if if you looked at the amount of people that went and purchased this thing, he probably made 10 times what he would make. I think he made like, I think they said somewhere like 2 million the first day. Yeah. And he turned down the deal for Apple. That was like 100 mil. Well, yeah. 365 days in a year. Obviously, it's not going to carry. Yeah. Every day, you're not going to make $2 million a day. It's going to slow down. But still, he was able to make $2 million in a fucking day. And the difference is, like, who who has hands in the pot for the uh, Apple contract like that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who's the person that struck the down. deal? Mm-hmm. Who's the person? Is his lawyer involved? Do I have to break him off a piece? Is your manager involved? Like, that STEM player is very similar to the text message marketing thing with, um, with Ryan Leslie, yep. where it's just direct-to-consumer. All I know is I'm probably not gonna hear down to two until they they, they figure out a way. I'll not, tell you straight I'm up, I'm not buying that. It's on SoundCloud. Stem player. Oh, is it? Yeah, because I'm not buying a yeah, two hundred stem player. But he made two million, so hey, kudos. But yeah, that wasn't gonna come for me. Yeah, I think it's perfect timing for Kanye, especially with the documentary coming out. Yep. Um, you know, he already has a lot of buzz going around from that documentary. So to now drop the stem player where uh, you could download all his new albums, I think if he was smart, he would find a way to. Uh, remaster all his old albums and also get the stems uh, from that because now you're tapping into uh, music producers too where say they do want to do a remix um, to one of his tracks and rappers too I mean rappers could take uh, just the verse record it into your your software Mm -hmm. and then put your own song together with a Kanye verse on it that's that's cold and innovative by itself obviously no one's going to acknowledge it as an actual Kanye song but it is innovative uh, that you're able to do that, right? Actually, with you saying that, I'm just remembering now when Yo Gotti, I don't know if you've seen it, but he did that shit where he put out the free verse for everybody. And yeah, then, and the person who won it was like someone signed to his label already. Yeah, but there was it was like it was some weird shit where it was like, oh, you know, if you get this, you got to pay this amount of money. It, was, it started off as a scam, but I will say that he did turn that shit around when he essentially was like, all right, I'm giving everybody the beat for free. Everybody gets the master version of it. Everybody's able to make their own record, make the money off of it. It's all yours. Is is uh, you know what I'm saying you can use it. So I look at that as a, another way of like an innovative like way to like market your music in a sense. But even though it started off as a weird little scammy type vibe, he's able to turn that shit around as far as like the PR wise. Like yeah, everybody you can keep the money, you can keep the masters from the. Well, track. I also think artists have been doing that for a minute too, where it's like the contest structure, where it's like oh, um, you know. 
uh, who who has the best verse? Yeah. Fucking, I'm gonna leave an open verse and, and everyone does it. I know Chris Patrick from uh, Jersey just he did, did that. that. Yeah, I, I did that shit. You know what I mean? Like everyone, everyone did it. Yeah. You know, like a lot of artists rapped on that shit. And if I was still actively trying to uh, be an artist, then I would, you I'll know, I would probably have done it too. But and every time it's like the the person who wins it winds up being someone that was like close to them, close or like, to them, or yeah, yeah they already had this track feels, done. It just always feels weird, but it's a good marketing tactic, very good marketing tactic. Now, again, when you listen to our our podcast, you have to understand that the way we're going to break shit down is not in terms of uh, the artist; it's in terms of being the artist, but also understanding the business behind it. Like, why is it so effective? Are, the chance that a young artist who is just coming out might be the he might be the dopest artist you ever heard in your life but the chance that off of an instagram post of you rapping you're gonna get on a yo Gotti record and actually uh be put onto his album is slim to none this seems so far-fetched when you really think about it it's very slim to none chances are the label already has something put together with that Mm -hmm. and you know they're just doing it so that artists could get their shit off and at the end of the day you have a bunch of artists posting a yo Gotti record and it's just there you go. It's in it and on top of that, it's an open verse. So you're always gonna have that Yo Gotti portion of it. Of so, course. Like his his verse is always going to be there. No matter every who's single on the artist. Other exactly. Every single artist who performed on that record knows Yo Gotti's verse by heart. Yep. Every single artist who performed on that record. And you have to think about how many artists there are that out did there. Because I know I've I've seen a few artists from New Jersey that did it. Um, probably even more than But I'm just saying how many artists are world I'm saying just what I've seen in my scope of my eyes was a lot of artists. Right. I can only imagine on a fucking like the nation scale. Say a million artists wanted to put their and it probably wasn't a million, but say a million million artists wanted to put their shit on there. Now you have a million people who are supporting a song that isn't gonna add them to it, but they're still posting it. They still have it on their Instagram or whatever, you know, and there's there's a lot of rappers out there. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's a very innovative way to go about it. Contest, you know, like any contest. Yo, I just made this beat. If you're a producer, I just made this beat. Who who could duet with it? That that happens on TikTok yeah, all the time. And that shit's big. And it's just promotion. Because I could like fucking promote something as far as like my music and it probably doesn't, you know, go too far. But if you do like one of those duet videos on TikTok and you know you're really flown on that shit, that shit actually can, I don't want to say blow, once again, I don't want to say blow you up, but Oh, give you some nice engagement. It gave you a nice little buzz just off of just doing like a duet video, which is once again a great marketing tool, a way to get your music out there. There's yeah. So being innovative with your music uh is important because right now, especially like we're tapping into this web three era. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck knows where music's gonna be in five years? No one knows what exactly is gonna happen because web three five years ago is gonna sound like it's not even fathomable yeah you know what i mean like these are things that you never expect what's next but like if you are an artist at home and you aren't very savvy on what web 3 is it's basically the virtual reality um spectrum and uh you know there's going to be land for ownership in there Mm -hmm. there's going to be a bunch of concerts in a way uh covid and web 3 came at the perfect time. Oh, hey, my conspiracy theory. I'm not starts. trying to be. I'm not going to be tinfoil hat guy. I'm not going to do but it. But I will say that, like, you know, I think that social media desensitized people to having actual conversations in real yep. life. Right? You know, no one wants to actually physically be present. You go to a fucking diner, and you're sitting across from a couple, and both of them are glued to their phones. Mm-hmm. And you're like, these people could be talking to each other right now. But they don't. But they're not having a conversation. All they're doing is staring directly at their phone the whole time. And 
probably showing each other videos. It's like, yo, there's real shit happening right now. And but there's no chemistry. But that's what the interaction has become. Let me show you a video and let's have that to be the discussion until we find another video. 100%. Now take it further, right? How many people are actually going to shows live? We just said on the last episode, we went to a Corday show. This guy has 7 million monthly listeners. We're in New York City and there's probably 800 people there. Yeah. Right? So you look at something like that and now also what kind of music does Corday make? College music. But he also makes that like boom bappy, like East mm-hmm. Coast sounding music, right? So it's like you would expect his largest audience to come from a New York. Yeah, it didn't seem like that. So and much. it didn't and it wasn't a lot of people, you know? It it was enough people. If you have that audience, I'm sure you're not complaining about it. But yeah, like of course. it wasn't so many people that you're like, This is ridiculous. You know what I mean? You still have to look at the venue that he's performing at. You still have to look at the fact that he's performing at Webster Hall and he's not performing at fucking Madison Square Garden. Yep. Those things you matter. know, he's not he's not performing at a theater. Theaters are, are 1,200 seats usually. He's not performing there. He's performing at a place that probably holds capacity 1,000. Mm-hmm. And that place wasn't uh, fucking sardines in a can. You know what I mean? It was There was space to walk. Yep. There was space to move. Everyone had adequate space to breathe. You know, so you just look at stuff like that and you start to say, okay, cool. So if an artist who has 7 million monthly listeners on Spotify performs in New York City and only has 800 people, then how many fans do you actually have to have in order to start performing at these um, theaters and even further arenas if you become this megastar? You it's know a I mean? smaller number than a lot of people may think or assume to be. I, I was telling my guy Rabbits, I was telling him that it's usually uh, 2%. Like 2% of your followers are going to actually be uh, supportive. They're actually going to like all your shit. They're going to do whatever, right? And um, he goes, nah, that can't that can't be true. And uh, we look at Drake's page, and we look at the fact that Drake has 200 million followers. Mm -hmm. Or he might have had a... No, I think he has 100 million followers. And we look at one of his posts and how many likes he gets on it. Guess how many? I'm not good with math. I'm not. Two million. (laughs) He gets two million likes. Now, yo, when you look at at your page, right, and you have 1,000 followers, and you go, why am I only getting fucking 20 likes? Or why am I getting... That's, That's within the realm, yeah. You're getting 20 likes because it's 2%. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not getting, you're not, if you have a thousand followers, you're not going to get 500 likes on some shit because that's just not how the algorithms work. Yeah, it's deeper not, than that. They're only giving it to like 2% or so people. Exactly. exactly. So. You know what I mean? So it just equates to that. And now you you bring that over to like the performance uh, lane and you start to see that performers are getting the same type of turnout. You know what I mean? Like these people are performing for X amount of people and you would think it's going to be way more, but it's really like 2% of their audience actually pulls up to the shows. And that's, you know, it's not the worst thing because it, it actually just depends on the deal that they have structured. You know what I mean? Like how much money are you getting from the the performance? Is it a flat rate up mm-hmm. front? Are you getting money from the ticket sales? You you know, do you get money from the door? There's a lot do of factors. Get, that there's be a involved. lot of factors that do uh, go in, but you know, you have to move as though you understand that your full follower list is not going to be buying your product. You know what I mean? It's only going to be a very minimal uh, percentage. I remember I had an artist come to the studio one time and his idea for um, for his marketing was, well, I'm going to pay these influencers who have, uh, you know, 50,000 followers and they're going to post my shit. So I should get at least 10,000 followers from that. And I was like, where do you get 10,000 from? That is a wild ass metric to think. Yeah. And I was like, where do you get 10,000? He's like, well, obviously not all of their followers are going to follow me, but like, you know, 10,000 of them, I, I figured. Fucking lucky to get 10 probably. I was like, like, bro, 20. if you get, if you get 500, you're lucky. Like, and that's probably the more realistic 
Definitely number that that will come from it. You know, it's not going to be ten thousand though. And I remember looking at his face and seeing that the information I just told him ruined his entire marketing plan. There's a lot of disbelief of like what you know marketing can do, like or what how far it can take you. And once again, like the biggest thing that Corey said, it takes time. Like that's the, the number one thing. It time takes and budget. time and it also takes budget. And it also, it's not going to happen overnight. Overnight, no. With, uh, even if you have the biggest influers, uh, influencers in the world marketing your shit, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not just going to wake up. Bro, I've, I've paid different um, people in the past, like fucking, I want to say when I was like 23 or 24, I paid people to like post a verse of mine on their page. One of those like hot or nah, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, I hate them shit. And I definitely got followers from it, and I definitely got comments um on the post where that that were very like fucking uh, complimentary, and I I fucked with that. You know, I felt like I got my worth from it, but I didn't expect such a little turnout. You know what I mean? At that time, yeah. Now I understand it. Like you're not gonna get a big following from those things, you know, because they're not they're supporters of the page. They're not supporters of the artists that are being posted on the page. They'll go and be a supporter. But it's not going to come in droves. It's it's literally minimal. So if if that's your marketing plan, then you have to go through so many outlets in order to actually get a substantial following. And for a lot of people, you don't have the money nor the time to be going through every outlet it would take. Like if it's 50,000 people, you'd have to pay fucking 20 of those influencers just to get probably what you were looking for in the first place. Yes. And that's not worth it at that point because how much are they are they asking for? And you know something that I was just thinking about, you know, going back to the fucking the STEM player, it was like you know even though once again Kanye's like a billionaire, so of course it's a little bit easier for him to like build a fucking device that can have his fucking album and like ship it all around the world. Um, But you know, another thing artists can do is like literally just sell their music on their website. Um, The only thing that I always always think about that is is like technically it feels like I'm taking away from people being able to stream it. And that's kind of like the vial, like the valuable thing or the viable thing that people do nowadays. But seeing somebody like Kanye do it, it kind of makes me think, you know, of course it's not going to be on the streaming platform. So a person like me may miss out on it. But at the same time, if he sold fucking 2 million copies of that shit, it's just like... Yeah, yeah. but this is what you also have to look at. Like Kanye is a very specific type of fucking artist. artist yeah. and, and not everyone's going to have the access to something like Kanye can do, right? So you can't jump out... like. Um, Fat Joe had a video the other day and this was when the whole Joe Rogan shit was happening mm-hmm. and Fat Joe came out and he said yo like power to the people that are taking their shit off Spotify because they don't fuck with Rogan but he's like I can't personally do that like I need the money yeah, that comes exactly. from that you know what I mean so a- as an artist out there and we talked about that I think on an episode but like as an artist out there it might not be in your best interest to rip your music off streaming platforms if you do find a, a more um Suitable way to sell it. Uh, unconventional way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because you found... And, and yo, I want to... I just thought of something and I just want to uh, reach out to people right now who are fucking buying USB drives and putting all their music on it. That was fucking cool 15 years ago. That's not a cool... That's not a good marketing tactic anymore. I'm just sorry to say that to people, but like... I've heard I've heard people talk about it. It's just not a good marketing tactic in 2022. Like you have to understand these new laptops don't even have USBs on them. You got to pay for that shit. You know what I'm saying? This is a 2011 Mac. You have to hope that the person that you're handing that USB drive to has a 2011 MacBook or like a 2015 MacBook. Like the newer models are not going to have USBs. So that already shows you that it's becoming more dated. 
You know what I mean? It's like, even crazier because I definitely thought about doing it, but I was like, it's 2021. No, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad, it's a bad this? idea. It it's sense. a bad idea at this point in time. You know what I mean? Like, yo, a lot of these innovative ideas that happen, you have to be ahead of the curve. You yeah. can't, you can't latch on later and then expect it to work. And that's the issue. Like, I remember having those conversations with people about USB drives. There's a site called Alibaba that mm-hmm. that sells like um, bulk. All shit. Mm-hmm. It sells everything in bulk for like like you can get USB drives for probably like. 50 cents per you know what i mean they're probably going to be little uh chinese made pieces of shit but like they'll they'll still do the job you know that would have been a great idea 10 years ago we had windows media player that would have been a great idea 10 years ago you know what i mean when when people like streaming wasn't a thing yet people were really downloading all their music and putting it onto their itunes or whatever Mm -hmm. right like nowadays you can't expect that same method to work so you have to be more innovative than that. The most innovative shit I've seen as of recent is those like ring things where you fucking uh, tap it on the phone and it the brings up all your, up. your social media the stuff. QR code. You know, having a link tree nowadays is your most um, probably adequate way to to promote your shit. And even that is going to become inadequate at some point. Because it kind of ties into that web, that web three shit, that web two shit. It's 100%. like, yeah, if you could get it, you give somebody a physical copy of USB and yeah, you could charge somebody for it. But shit, at that point, you might as well just sell the shit on your website somewhere for the same price. But I mean, now, you don't have to go with the physical copy. 100%. You cut out that middleman with that. Now, I remember we were talking to Keys off mic and Keys was talking about how in web three, you could make like a token and you could hand that token to someone and they could use that token to purchase something. So like, um, how he described it and I want to shout him out because this is entirely his idea. Mm-hmm. Right. But he was, um, he was talking about how you could technically in that virtual reality space, say you go to a concert, like a young thug concert or whatever. Right. That one. Cause yeah. Cause he did that one. one. Yeah. Right. So you go to a virtual young thug concert and in that virtual reality space, you could hand someone a token that gives them access to your new album. Right. And it can only be heard through web three. That's fucking innovative. Very innovative. Shout out to Keys. You're an innovative brother. You know what I mean? But like, this is this is how you need to start thinking if you want to be that innovator going forward. You have to think about what is next, what seems impossible right now, but will probably be plausible within the fucking next three years. Mm-hmm. And how can we attack that? You know, there's been a lot of a lot of uh, ideas that I've had in the past, and uh, again, not trying to suck my own dick, right? But like, there's been a lot of ideas in the past that I've had. That just, it seemed like where things were heading. Like, yo, I'm managing you. SoundCloud is dying. I'm watching it die. We're not going to put our music there. Very little people knew how to put their shit on Spotify. I knew how to. Mm-hmm. We're releasing solely on streaming platforms because we're trying to pull every cent that that we can for this music. So what we're going to do is we're going to skip the free platforms. And we're going to go directly to you gonna get paid these for paid platforms. So I had... Artists making money off their music in fucking 2017, 2018, when a lot of people were still asking, how do I get my shit on iTunes? And that, was, and that was one of the things, like, once I figured out how to get my shit onto streaming platforms, I said, fuck SoundCloud. That's, that's literally what my mind went to. I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't need this shit anymore. I knew I was early on the, the Spotify and, and streaming platform wave because when I started putting my shit on those platforms, people were congratulating me. Yeah, as if it was like some like big ass achievements. Well, and it, they, it no, is technically, no, but it, it, it really wasn't because it's, it's a website it's you just signed it's up all, for. It's all just a website, but like that's how that's how new it was that people Everybody's didn't even know. Kinda, yeah, everyone thought it. that that you know you were selected. That's how new the shit was, and I had young artists dropping their first ever mixtape on these platforms. So imagine how they were looking at them. They're looking at them like, God damn, bro, you you they made fire, it. Fire, yeah, you made it. 
You know, you're in a different, while everyone is dropping their shit for free on SoundCloud. So again, that was me taking a risk because, you know, my artist gave me shit constantly. Fucking, yo, everyone's asking for it on SoundCloud. Why are we not on SoundCloud? Because everyone else is not getting money and you're going to get money from this. And and it's kind of like that, that, you know, how Steve Jobs kind of did the whole shit with like the Apple thing, where it's like he kind of forced everybody to, not everybody, but. He forced a huge part of the market that was Android users into having an iPhone. It's more so, more so like, I'm not going to do this, that, and the third. I'm just going to give you this. And more than likely, people are going to gravitate towards that because that's something that they want. Give people what they want <coughs> or tell people what they want and watch them go and do it. Nobody asks for a STEM player. Now motherfuckers is buying STEM players. Well, and now Kanye, people are going to take that shit and try to reinvent it to other different shit. Kanye could wipe his ass with a piece of paper and sell that shit for 500 bucks. High fashion. And someone will buy it. You know what I mean? Like Kanye <laughs> has stands. Kanye has stands where a lot of young artists aren't going to have stands. Mm, yeah, that's true. So it's like you also have to find an innovative way to put stuff together that is viable for someone at your stature. You know what I mean? And right now, like I said, with those those things that pull up all your social media and everything, like copying a bunch of those and, and you know, being able to just walk by someone and, and be like, you want to listen to my new album? Put that to their mm-hmm. phone. That still... Even though that's been around for a year or two now, that still is a very easy and innovative way to go about marketing your music hand to hand. Cause shit, even fucking during the Super Bowl, there was like a uh, there was a uh, commercial where they had the like QR the, code. The, that QR code, and there's like the square bouncing around. Number one, that brings back to nostalgia shit when you used to see that shit back on computers, and then number two, that's gonna make you want to plot your phone and just scan a fucking QR code. So like, just imagine if you had some way somehow to be able to get a QR code. And, you can get a, a QR code for your music. Yeah, so, like make it anonymous where you just put on like advertise this shit. And they, this thing, stickers, you know, people looking at like, Yo, stickers. yeah, exactly, stickers too. You I, put you put a QR code on different poles around your city, and you have people scanning the QR code and pulling up your song. I saw um, there was a guy when I went to the Roots picnic probably like three years ago. There was a guy handing out like what looked like a credit card, mm-hmm. and he had his music like a QR code on the back of the credit card. And you scanned Scan it, it, and his his music came up. And the credit card was, like, completely marketed as in his music. It was, like, his name, Bank. Yeah. And it, it was very fucking dope. And that's better to do instead of having a USB and provide it to somebody because of the times that we are currently in. Yo, or even if it was three years ago. Right, still you walk QR up to code. me at a bar where there's live performers, and you hand me a USB stick. I'm going to think it's Coke. <laughs> like, yo, you gave me some Coke to do? Like, I'm trying well, to open- <laughs> Where the fuck am I putting this, bro? Like, you have to think about those things before you hand a USB stick. Like, yo, you're... You, all right, you know how hard it is to even get clicks on a website, right? Yeah. Like, we're talking about... Yo, you put a link tree in your in your uh, bio, right? You uh, tag on your post, link in bio. That requires people to now click into your page, click on the, the link in bio, click then in. it pulls up a, cl- a, link, a link tree. You have to click on the link that you were asking them to click on. Then they have to click play. Mm-hmm. You got four clicks in there. And most of the time, that'd be a lot for people to do. And that is hard as fuck for people to do. Mm-hmm. And people don't think in clicks, but like clicks are important. You know, clicks to like conversion rate, right? That's all important. So now think about that in real time with real people. You ha- you're giving someone something that they have to bring home physically. They have to find a computer that has a USB drive in it. They have to connect it to that computer. They have to then click into your music. They have to then play it on their shit. Like, 
Bro, it's not happening. And it's the same thing. Like when people used to just like sell CDs. I, it's been a few times that I bought CDs from people because they were just selling them back in the day. And I was like, All right, I'll buy it. But then it's like now I got to take this shit out of the, the fucking thing. I got to put it in. Like this Bro, is not music are... I want to listen to. So like I have now to take this. Out, I got to put it into my shit. Right. And eject my These old, people my aren't buying CD. the USB drive from you at a show. They're they're getting handed some shit that they don't even know what it sounds like. So you might like it's already a 50-50 chance. It's probably a 75-25 chance that they don't listen to it that they do, right? And then on top of that, you're requiring them to do mad work just to hear your music. Yep. It doesn't make any sense. You know, so every artist that has the idea, yo, I'm gonna get a bunch of USB sticks made, like, yo, you're 10 years late on that. And once again, we ain't trying to downplay you. If you that's what you want to do, it's been working for you, keep doing it. But because I'm sure we're gonna get a bunch of yeah. comments. Oh, I do this and it works. All but right, bro. For the times, you gotta work with the times. You can't always work like what was happening beforehand. And you know, a lot of things that you could do now was like, I don't once again, we kind of talked about how the music has been considered cheapening or it hasn't been the focal point, which you know is kind of true. But within that, that's, that comes more uh, opportunities for you to invest in yourself as far as bundling your music with merchandise or bundling your music with something as far as like an NFT, even though like that's mostly like art shit now, but bundling your music with something else. So this way it's like you getting more of your ROI on it, like not using that money to buy another device and want to sell to somebody else where you're basically costing you more money. Just bundle the shit with like merch. Like even what I'm wearing right now, I'm planning on like selling it with PDF3, like my my EP album. So it's like, yeah, you're paying sixty dollars for the sweater, but you technically paying sixty dollars for the music too, because you're gonna get a digital copy of it. And if you're if you're a artist at home who uh, considers yourself not technologically savvy, you need to get technologically savvy. There's no there's no like getting away from it. Like I know I've met so many artists that are like, yeah, no, I'm just not good with computers and phones and shit. It's Ow. like, bro, <laughs> if you want to be an artist in 2022, you have to get. good I could go with to those McDonald's. Things. I don't have to talk to them. I could just press buttons on some shit and just get like, you can't tell me that now. I'm gonna talk to a person. And then I could person. take a, a thing to my table and they'll bring it out to me. Yeah. Like, yo, it's mm. like you have to move with the times. Have to. A lot of artists, especially artists in our age, they'll they'll start to just become lazy and be like. Yeah, I'm not good with all that stuff. It's like, fam, I understand that that might have worked for you 15 years ago. It doesn't work like that anymore. And if you don't know how to run your own page, if you don't know how to set up a link tree, if you don't know how to do all these innovative things, create a QR code for your music, like, you're going to get left behind. And it's so simple. It's just going to fucking Google search or YouTube fucking search. That's YouTube why, that's teach why, you anything. That's why I don't feel bad for anyone when, when I ask them, uh, well, why don't you do this? And they go, oh, I just don't know how to do that. It's like, bro, you know how Google works. You know how YouTube works. Like, let's just, let's cut it out and just say that, yo, you're lazy. Let's call it what it is. All it is is you're lazy. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't say, I don't know how to do all these things while actively you're you're admitting that you just, haven't done any research you know what i mean like and that happens a lot where i go yo why don't you do this and the artist goes i just don't know how to do it that's cool but knowing how google works and knowing how youtube works like yo if you just bought a new screen protector for your phone and the shit came with no instructions how would you put it on like are you just gonna go and fuck it up or are you gonna look up the instructions for it right and if if you know how to look up the instructions for that, why why can't you look up instructions and do research for your own career? Like that's not even important whether or not the fucking screen protector goes on flush. This is important because once again, like we give the information out for free on a weekly basis, but it's just like will people use it or will people try to learn from it or people try to do their own research? No, for the most part, no. They just eh. and that's why like the thirty second clips that we put out and get all the comments on, like you could tell who went and watched the episode and who didn't. And it, that's super frustrating because it's like, if you thought that 
that 30 seconds was all we had to offer in an entire 30 minute episode, then, you know, I don't, I don't know how you think that's just insane. And then it's always funny when they go see the full video, they double back like, Oh, okay. I didn't understand the context. Right. It's always that part. I didn't understand the context. And, uh, and now we, we take that and we put it toward the artist who's, uh, marketing their shit and not doing the research on how to market. Yo, you are your own business. You're the only employee you have. You know, your friend, if they're if your friend is managing you, then you better tell them that they need to learn these things. If that's how you want to run your it. business. But then you're employing them and you have to expect to pay them. You know what I mean? You can't you can't have them doing all your social media, having them doing all your marketing and them being the brains behind the operation, and yet you're not paying them anything. You know what I mean? And and I think that a lot of that gets misconstrued when artists are young and they think like well, he's my manager. He's supposed to do that. Yeah, for money. Yeah, exactly. It's not, not everything is done in this industry for good faith or like, yo, I, I really truly believe in you. Yeah, I believe in you, but listen, I got a family at home. Yeah, I could believe I in you, myself. but like, how, yeah, how do I eat food? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, you have to, if you don't want to learn these things, you have to go out and get a manager or a social media manager or someone who could just do all your creative content. And at that point, you have to pay them. You can't just bank on them doing it off the strength. And if you're, if you're banking on that, you're going to fail. At some point, they're going to wake up one day and they're going to say, yeah, I'm not getting paid for any of this work that I'm doing. And I'm, I'm busting my ass. Like, this is not going to work. And they're just going to walk away from it. You know what I mean? So it's like my advice to everyone, and we could cap this uh, episode off because the camera is about to go out anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, my advice to everyone would be find a way to do the research, find a way to become technologically savvy. If you consider yourself someone who is not find a way to navigate these platforms and become a self uh, sufficient artist, because in the long run, the people who know how to move with the times are going to prevail while the people who get left behind are going to just eventually fall off. It's just the way everything works. That's why the dinosaurs not here. That's why the fucking cavemen aren't here anymore. I mean, of course, because you know time goes on and you people die. <laughs> but within technological technological uh, technological advances, that's why we're here today, and that's why we're afforded to do a lot of the shit that we weren't able to do before. So yeah, at the end of the day, you gotta learn this shit and find different ways to get your music out there, and don't bank everything on NFTs because everybody's trying to do that now. And you know they talked about some shit where it's like, yo, you know, you could like probably like. Face some charges or some shit if you try to like make some shit more valuable than what it actually is and you're just selling to the people because it's like technically like fraud. So be careful with that shit too. Also, just remember this. I saw this quote the other day. I don't know who said it, but I would love to quote them if I knew. But it was, uh, if everyone's doing it, you're late. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's doing fucking NFTs now. And then most of it is like everything is more so like art. It's not even like really the music. Like If everyone's doing it, you're late. Yeah. You know, you have to be looking for the next thing. Yep. That's uh, it. All right, guys. Rappers Guy Podcast for signing out. This is Diggy Metro. Dale's Pagliacci. Peace out, guys.